You're listening to the Ultimate PT Podcast with The Training Room, bringing you the latest news, insights and education from the world of personal training. Hi and welcome to The Training Room's first podcast, really excited to be doing this. At The Training Room we have an ethos of being the leading training providers and educating the next generation of PTs and keeping on top of the industry's news and trends, also helping our students succeed in their careers as personal trainers. Today's topic then of the podcast, we're going to be talking about optimization of hormones for body composition, particularly looking at what I've coined fat foes. And these are some of our major hormones that regulate the storage of fat uh, within the human body. By the end of the podcast, uh, you should be able to identify various hormones that causes fat storage and be able to have an idea of how to actually rectify and manage these. It's great to have you listening and I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Okay, so what are hormones? Hormones are chemical messengers created by cell or gland. These messages are sent out from one part of the body to affect cells within another part of the body. Hormones are often released directly into the bloodstream, but they may also be secreted into ducts. Hormones can have a wide range of effects in the body. They can cause mood swings, regulate the metabolism, control the reproductive cycle, induce hunger and cravings, stimulate or inhibit growth and repair the body for changes such as puberty, childbirth or menopause. Hormone signals also play a major role in homeostasis order control and regulation of the body's internal environment. And as we can see there, hormones, they have a whole bunch of jobs to do physiologically within the body. What we're going to look at today is just a small section of these hormones that look at how we control and store body fat. As we just mentioned, hormones um, are chemical messengers um, and they do lots of jobs um, physiologically within the body. What we're going to look at now is a set of hormones and how these hormones are in balance and how they actually cause issues within body composition. We're going to look at both male and female. So we're just going to go through a few of the major hormones, um, what they do, and then we're going to have a look at how these affect our body composition. First host hormone that we have is insulin. This is produced within the pancreas. The purpose of insulin is basically to control blood sugar levels. We're going to talk a little bit about, more about insulin um, in a later segment. We also have DHEA. DHEA is a precursor to both testosterone and estrogen, and is produced from the adrenal glands, um, from a following of progesterone, etc. We also have testosterone. Testosterone is produced within the male testes, um, and also small amounts within the females as well. And testosterone is the male hormone to produce male characteristics. We also have the thyroid hormone produced within the thyroid gland, which is located within the neck. A um, thyroid gland within the neck produces what's known as T4 thyroxine. Thyroxine then gets converted into T3, which is known as triadophyronine within the liver. And this is our active hormone or metabolism hormone. We also have oestrogen. Oestrogen produced within the ovaries of females and small amounts within the adrenal glands of males. We also have cortisol. Cortisol is also produced within the adrenal glands of both males and females. And finally, we have growth hormone produced within the pituitary gland. 
Now, the purpose of uh, growth hormone is for cell regeneration um, building as such. So we just did the basic hormones, looking at these hormones and how these hormones can become unbalanced again and how they will affect our body composition. So if we are looking at around the tricep areas, both on male and female, um, high insulin levels, um, low DHEA, high and low testosterone levels will show fat gain around our tricep area. And it obviously then would be indicative of this particular hormone being out of balance. So whether it's going to be too much, obviously due to, to high sugar intakes, etc. If we have an increased fat gain around our chest area, um, this then will be more indicative of high estrogen levels on both males and females. Again, our high estrogen levels, this is in where our bodies are producing too much estrogen within males. We're having too much testosterone converted into estrogen via what's known as aromatase. And in females, again, we've got too much estrogen production and not getting rid of enough of the estrogen metabolites. If we look then at the chest auxiliary area, and this is just underneath the armpit, uh, gathering of fat just underneath the armpit, this will be um, indicative of low thyroid production. So as we spoke about, thyroid is produced within your thyroid gland located in your neck, um, which is T4 thyroxinine, converts into your T3 triadothyronine. That hormone is our metabolically active hormone. So we've got an issue somewhere around there in regards to that, that hormone being produced. Uh, as we mentioned, we'll give fat gain around that chest auxiliary just under the armpit. If we're looking at the back, particularly the higher end of the back, this can be again due to um, also due to high estrogen levels, uh, sorry, high insulin levels. Um, and looking at also within females, high testosterone levels can also cause um, high fat gain around the upper back. Moving down, we're looking at the love handle area. So that's that little bit that just kind of folds over your jeans as such. This is going to be insulin um, balance. So high levels of insulin, high levels of sugar imbalance. So again, diets high within sugars will cause excessive insulin, excessive insulin resistance. Again, will manifest itself as of, of fat gathering around the area. If we're looking at the front of the belly, uh, we're looking at high estrogen levels um, on males, high estrogen levels, also high or low estrogen levels within females, particularly low testosterone levels within men will also cause high uh, belly fat, high cortisol levels, um, which we spoke about, cortisol being a hormone that is um, produced through the adrenal glands and it helps to control the metabolisms of both our carbohydrates and proteins. But excessive cortisol levels can cause um, issues with inflammation and insulin resistance, thus causing fat area around that area as well. And also looking at low growth hormone levels. Cortisol will block um, growth hormone production, which will obviously again manifest itself as low growth hormone, hormone release. If we're looking at again the front of the belly, we get that pop belly look. Um, that's going to be primarily indicative of a liver dysfunction. Liver dysfunction meaning that we've got a fatty liver. We get what's known as visceral fat built up around that liver. All that visceral fat around that liver will push that belly out and look and show it as a pop belly. 
very indicative of, of, of the males drinking high levels of alcohol where they will get that liver dysfunction. If we move down, then we're looking at the hips, the butt and the hamstring area. Get a lot of fat gathering around there, both for males and females. This is also indicative of high estrogen levels. So particularly within men, we have our testosterone levels converting to estrogen via aromatase. In females, a high estrogen level would be due to the fact of one, um, not being able to, to sufficiently get rid of um, estrogen metabolites that are not needed that can obviously cause it. Also high stress levels can cause um, estrogen dominance within females as well. So there's a number of things that can cause high estrogen levels in females and cause that fat around the area. <coughs> if we're looking at thigh area, um, particularly just above the knee, that gathering of fat just above the knee, this is also um, indicative of low growth hormone production. So again, these, this is what's called our body fat map, looking at the areas of the body that gather fat and how a certain hormone, which is imbalanced, can actually control fat storage within an area. If we learn how to control that hormone, optimize that hormone, we can actually get spot reduction within that the area. So these are again some of the main hormones um, for fat storage. What we're gonna talk about shortly is the master hormones. Uh, leptin, insulin, and cortisol. These are our master hormones. These come first before any of them. We can master them hormones. These ones will generally sort themselves out. Okay, so what we're gonna look at now are some of your fat loss foes. So see, these are some of the hormones that will generally um, cause um, fat to store as such. So the first one we're going to look at is leptin. Um, leptin then is your master hormone, um, monitoring when to store fat and when to actually release fat as an energy. With leptin, leptin is secreted by your white adipose tissue. So these are your white fat cells. So the fat cells that are kind of within the subcontinuous fat. That's stuff that's under the skin. Leptin then is in direct communication with a gland in your brain called the hypothalamus. When your fat stores are sufficient, your hypothalamus gets a phone call from leptin saying all is well um, and that making it through a food storage won't be a problem. As a result, the hypothalamus keeps your metabolism humming along and your appetite at bay since there is no need to store any additional fat. So what we're trying to say here, as long as we're getting the correct caloric intake and our leptin is signaling his hypothalamus, everything is working fine. It becomes problematic when we have issues with leptin, whether it's leptin resistance uh, through not getting enough leptin um, to the hypothalamus because we're in a severe caloric deficit or whether it's through leptin resistance where we have um, too much leptin. So if we're looking at an obese person who's producing an awful lot of leptin, um, bombarding that hypothalamus with leptin, the actual receptors within the hypothalamus can become resistant to the leptin signal, which means then it doesn't get the leptin in, it becomes resistant. So, so although you've got a larger person eating a ton of food, bags of leptin getting signaled to the hypothalamus, it's in resistance, it's not getting that signal. So it's still questioning that it's not getting this, this, this hormone. Um, so it all cause obviously adverse effects on that there. 
So, um, like I said, when we're looking at low levels of leptin, uh, whether it be through resistance or whether it be through a severe caloric deficit, um, it gets a communication to signal to the hypothalamus, warning of a low food shortage. And this has also been um, named as starvation response, so also it's thrown around as metabolic adaptation. So this is when we get that low signal of leptin. So when we do get a low signal leptin, the, um, the hypothalamus gets this signal, goes into this so-called starvation response, metabolic adaptation. Leptin then declines due to reduced fat stores, uh, always perceived uh, to be low due to leptin resistance, as we mentioned. So whether it is when you're on a caloric deficit where you're not getting enough food, or whether it's resistance where you're actually eating too much food, you're obese, and you're bombarding that hypothalamus, as we mentioned, it becomes resistance and the signals don't work. Leptin resistance then also shuts down the pancreas receptors. Um, low levels um, of leptin inhibits your thyroid hormone uh, conversion, uh, thus slowing down your metabolism. So the conversion of your thyroid from your thyroid gland, it releases T4, known as thyroxinine. T4 goes to your liver and it converts into T3, which is known as triadothyronine. Triadothyronine is your active thyroid hormone. This is the hormone that, 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 that attaches to your cells um, and causes, obviously, your, 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 your energy as such. With low levels of leptin, um, you have this inhibitation where then that conversion of thyroid doesn't work, so it then manifests itself as a low thyroid issue. Also, adrenaline increases um, to stimulate fat cells for energy. So when we do have low levels of leptin, our adrenaline increases to try and stimulate fat cells for energy. This sounds like a good thing, but then it can lead to adrenal resistance as well, um, where it starts producing too much adrenaline and, and thus that can become resistance also. Leptin resistance also blocks your growth hormone receptors as well. So then it'll lower naturally lower your growth hormone and growth hormone is a great hormone when we're looking at optimizing your your body composition for not just for muscle growth but also for for fat loss as well so when we do have any leptin issues whether it's through resistance or low leptin we have obviously growth hormone receptors blocked and our growth hormones lowered Low leptin also increases cortisol, uh, which then stores fats and burns muscle. So when we get high cortisol levels, we have predicamently um, six times more cortisol receptors on our, our stomach, um, which does tend to, when we have low leptin, increasing cortisol levels, when we have high cortisol levels, we tend to store a lot of fat around the, the, the belly area. And also with that high cortisol, we, we get a lot of muscle tissue loss also. Low, level, low levels of leptin also increase what's known as MPY. This is known as neuropeptide Y. Um, and this makes you crave carbohydrates, but the bad times. Neuropeptide Y is released from the brain. And the purpose of neuropeptide Y is to signal the, 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 the stomach to release ghrelin as such, and that's our hunger hormone. So with low levels of leptin through to caloric deficit, extreme caloric deficit or resistance, this neuropeptide Y is increased, causing severe carbohydrate cravings, um, and obviously it's the bad type of it. 
Also, low levels of leptin uh, will also, as I mentioned, increase ghrelin. Ghrelin is your hunger hormone. It's situated in the upper part of your stomach. So whenever you feel hungry, uh, this is the hormone that's causing that. So with low leptin, we have this increased hunger. Um, low levels of leptin also increase what's known as LPL, um, and this is your lipoprotein lipase. Now, your lipoprotein lipase is a hormone that is situated on the outside of your uh, adipocytes, also known as your fat cells. And the purpose of LPL is to take your, your, your triglycerides and then obviously uh, put them within to the fat cells themselves. So with low levels of leptin, we get an increased lipoprotein lipase. We get this increased hormone that forces fat into the cell. And then we get a decrease in HSL. This is the, the opposing hormone, hormone-sensitive lipase. This is located within a fat cell. And the purpose of this hormone within the fat cell is to actually break down that triglyceride and put free fatty acid into the bloodstream where it can get transported and utilized as fuel. So to summarize that part, low leptin increases LPL, lipoprotein lipase, the fat storing hormone, and it decreases HSL, the actual hormone that causes fat to actually go and be burned. Leptin also, um, resistance shuts down the function of UCP3, uncoupled protein free. Now, uncoupled protein free, this is situated within the mitochondria. And the purpose of uncoupled protein free is when you get a calorie, and it goes to the, to, 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 to the mitochondria. As human beings, we have a certain amount of that calories go for, um, for, for, for energy, and then we'll have a certain amount of that calorie go for thermogenesis. When you have leptin resistance, the, the, the percentage shift of calories to energy to thermogenesis increase, which means you tend to get most of your calories going to thermogenesis and very, very little to energy. And this is why you'll see an obese person sweat a lot because their calories um, are going more towards heat um, as opposed towards energy. And this is through to leptin resistance, obviously, due to the obese person. Okay, that's just to summarize um, leptin. Next, we're gonna be going on to insulin. Okay, so um, going on to insulin, um, as we mentioned, um, it's another one of our fat foes. So it's another one of our hormones that uh, can cause us obviously to, to, to store fat. So first thing I'm gonna talk about then is what's known as insulin resistance. Insulin resistance then occurs when insulin levels are sufficiently high over a prolonged period of time, causing the body's own sensitivity to the hormone to be reduced. Once the body starts to get uh, resistant to insulin, it can be a difficult process to reverse um, because of the knock-on effect of insulin resistance itself. High levels um, or high circulating levels of insulin in the bloodstream and weight gain help further advance the insulin resistance. So we said when we, when we do have insulin resistance, uh, it will cause a knock-on effect of all other hormones in regards to your appetite and your leptin and so forth. So you get in this kind of vicious circle of insulin resistance and fat gain, and it's quite hard to actually to break that circle. So in regards to insulin and abdominal fat, 
Excessive insulin then causes the body to store unused glucose. So the purpose behind insulin resistance is when we're taking carbohydrates, um, carbohydrates are digested, broken down into glucose into the bloodstream. When that glucose molecule is in the bloodstream, it is then picked up by insulin, the hormone insulin. Insulin drives that glucose to two areas. It drives it to the liver and it also drives it to muscle cells as well. When it's driven to the muscle cell, um, it is then converted via um, glucose to glycogen and is stored within that muscle as energy. Now, this is where it becomes problematic with insulin resistance. Continuous bombardment of particularly high GI foods, sugary foods, um, will cause a big predominant cause of insulin resistance. So when you have a high GI food or a sugary food, the digestion of that food is pretty fast, anywhere from around 15 to 20 minutes. It could be even quicker because they are just single molecule foods. So it gets into bloodstream pretty fast and it raises those blood glucose levels rapidly. Now, when that blood glucose level gets to a certain point and gets to a dangerous point, insulin is then released, obviously, as I said, to take that, 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 that glucose and drive it in the muscle and into the liver. Continuously digesting sugary foods day in, day out, minute upon minute, your insulin levels are continuously high, trying to bring that fast digesting carbohydrate down. So, which means insulin is being released time and time and time again what happens then is the receptors within your muscle cells where it is continuously getting bombarded by insulin it becomes resistant to that hormone which means then the effects of that hormone becomes non-existent kind of the same as what we spoke about with regards to leptin resistance when an obese person continues to eat food lots of leptin hitting that hypothalamus over a period of time, the receptors, they wear out. This is the same with insulin resistance. Continuous bombardment of this high, high hormone through high sugary foods, our receptors become insulin resistance, which means the muscles cannot take this glucose up. So it must be stored somewhere else. Uh, so this is then, again, um, areas of, of story. So abdominal fats, as I mentioned, excessive insulin can cause the body to store unused glucose because of these receptors are no longer working, they're resistant to, to that hormone. This ex excessive insulin then blocks the use of stored fat as an energy source, which makes losing fat around the abdominal area pretty next to impossible. So if we continuously got high insulin levels and that glucose is continuously getting shut into, shuttled into the fat cells, your body is then in this state thinking, why am I going to use fat as an energy when it keeps getting storage and storage and storage uh, and all this excessive glucose? So it does make losing fat quite impossible when you do have high levels of insulin and in, an insulin resistant state. So looking at insulin and appetite, <clears throat> too much insulin then can cause you to consume more calories in two ways. So having this insulin resistance and high insulin will raise your appetite in two ways. It blocks the signal to the brain by interfering with the appetite suppressant hormone leptin. So again, this is where then it become problematic. So if you've got high insulin levels, high insulin levels will block the blood to brain barrier of leptin. So it'll stop leptin actually signaling the hypothalamus that it's getting food. So then we also go into leptin resistance as well as insulin resistance. So you'll have all the, the, the problematic signs of leptin resistance as we spoke about earlier. 
So insulin will, will, will cause uh, leptin resistance through blocking that, that blood to brain barrier, stop the leptin hitting the hypothalamus. It can also cause a spike in dopamine. Uh, and this is the hormone that signals brain to seek awards, uh, so rewards. So it causes that dopamine spike, that kind of craving and wanting uh, neurotransmitter or brain transmitter. So dopamine spurs a desire to eat in order to achieve a pleasurable rush. And this is the same rush that we may get from uh, addictive behaviors. Uh, we get this addictive to food, especially sweet foods as well. So when we have high insulin levels, it does cause this dopamine spike and it's addictive to food, um, particularly the, the sweet foods as well. Uh, looking at then insulin and some of the other effects on gaining fat, high levels of insulin, it also influence sodium uptake in the kidneys, causing water retention as well. We're also looking at elevated insulin and gives rise to inflammation. And this inflammation can trigger the release of more cortisol. And we spoke a little bit about cortisol earlier on as well. Excessive insulin in men heightens the activity of what's known as aromatase hormone uh, in fat cells. Um, Aromatase hormone, this is the hormone that basically converts the male testosterone to estrogen. So with excessive high insulin levels in men, you have this high aromatase hormone uh, and then you end up having a, a, a high level of estrogen within the, the male body. This then will also increase fat storage, particularly around the belly and around obviously the breast area as well. Uh, so women, women are just as vulnerable. Uh, the same aromatase hormone boosts the conversion of estrogen to testosterone and this uh, can increase fat storage in the abdominal area. Shrinking and also sagging of the breasts abdominal hair growth, acne, and male pattern baldness as well within women from obviously high levels of, of, of insulin. Excessive insulin and also can cause women to produce uh, excessive testosterone, although this may sound good um, if you're a female that trains, it can have a lot of problematic effect. Also, just to note, this explains why uh, 40% of women who experience polycystic ovary syndrome will become overweight or obese as well. And this, again, without going into that subject, polycystic ovary syndrome heightens testosterone levels um, and can cause the same effects um, with high insulin levels as well within polycystic ovary. This is why quite a high percentage do tend to, to gain weight with polycystic ovary. And this is again through to, to high insulin levels. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> spoke, spoke about cortisol um, a few times now within leptin and also within insulin and the effects of, of cortisol. Just going to talk a little bit more about it now, again, in regards to body composition and how it affects the storage of fat and how it is one of our uh, fat foes as such. <clears throat> so for a complicated network of hormone interactions, uh, prolonged stress results in, uh, in raging appetite, metabolic declines, loads of belly fat and a loss of hard-earned metabolically active muscle tissue. In other words, stress makes you soft. 
flabby and much older than we really truly are. So you can see just some of the physiological facts there of, of cortisol levels, high cortisol levels, again, which can be induced by leptin and insulin resistance, among other um, hormone um, imbalances. Some of the uh, many side effects of stress uh, conspire to make you fat. Together, high cortisol levels um, and elevated MPY, which is neuropeptide Y, which is our eating control hormone, impact your metabolism. Also impacts your appetite and the body's composition in, in various ways. And we're just going to quickly go through some of these ways that excessive cortisol uh, can cause um, issues with body composition. So cortisol itself then depresses your metabolic rate by interfering with the thyroid hormone itself. <clears throat> so we, we talk about our metabolic rate, our metabolism. This is the hormone that basically uses our calories as an energy and as a thermogenesis. So with high cortisol levels, this will depress that metabolic rate. In fact, it will depress by, again, um, interfering with the, the, the production of, of uh, furoxanine T4 and also the conversion of T4 furoxanine to T3, which is the active uh, uh, metabolic hormone, triadophyrin. So high cortisol levels will, will interfere with, with your metabolic rate, again, making it very, very hard to lose body fat uh, with, with that hormone out of balance. Cortisol will also cause estrogen dominance as well. We spoke a little bit about estrogen dominance in the fact of various parts of the body uh, will, will be indicative of high estrogen levels. So on males, the lower part of the body, the hips and the bum, uh, will be indicative of high estrogen levels. And that goes for the same with, with females as well. When you're carrying a lot of body fat around that lower area, this will be very much um, signs of high estrogen dominance. High cortisol levels will cause high estrogen dominance. Cortisol and neuropeptide Y, which you mentioned earlier on, that eating hormone uh, uh, will fuel your desire for fatty foods and carbohydrates. So having high cortisol levels will increase neuropeptide Y, that, 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 that eating hormone, and force you to, to, to eat a lot of the wrong foods, the fatty and the bad carbohydrate foods. So you're just continuously in this hunger state. You'll probably see this with uh, yourself if you've ever tried to, to, to diet or with your clients. You'll, you'll, you'll see them saying, I'm so hungry, I'm so hungry. That is sure signs when clients are in this real desperate hunger stage that there's something wrong. Okay, You should not be in that real, real desperate hunger stage. Yeah, you should be hungry not starving at that, that level, that will show you signs of, 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 of imbalances of hormones and cortisol, again, could be one of the main players there. Uh, cortisol, as we mentioned, it boosts uh, your abdominal fat area. Six times more receptors within the abdominal fat area for cortisol, which then will, will increase that, that, that fat. As again, we mentioned, fat on the stomach will be signs of high cortisol levels. Cortisol also depletes your happy hormone, serotonin, and it causing depression and more carbohydrate cravings. So your serotonin, this is your, your master brain chemical. Now we have a number of brain chemicals, serotonin, acetylcholine, GABA, and dopamine. Serotonin is our master, master uh, brain chemical. 
Serotonin is the happy hormone. This is the one that makes you feel really good about yourself, great self-esteem, etc. When serotonin levels are lowered, this is then where it will cause depression. Anybody with any form of depression will have low serotonin levels. Cortisol will, 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 will cause issues with the serotonin, actually lower your serotonin levels. So if you do have high cortisol levels, whether it's through stress, um, or whether it's through any imbalance of hormones, that serotonin will lower. You will become in this depressed state and increase your carbohydrate craving to try and um, counteract that depression. Cortisol can also cause blood sugar imbalances, uh, resulting in hyperglycemia, which is low blood sugar levels, and symptoms of shakiness, irritability, fatigue, and headaches between meals as well. Cortisol, what else? Uh, so cortisol can also cause you to eat more um, than you need um, to by stimulating your appetite, boosting neuropeptide Y. So as we mentioned earlier, our neuropeptide Y is our eating controlled hormone. And with high cortisol levels, this is, is this is increased, okay? Uh, causing us to eat a lot more of the bad foods. Cortisol also zaps your testosterone levels. Uh, which then can result in um, laggish libido and a host of serious health risks as well with low testosterone. Never to mention, obviously, as a male, having low testosterone um, is not a, a good thing. Again, obviously, we'll probably cover that in another podcast later on down the line where we look at things like testosterone and growth hormone, etc. But cortisol will zap testosterone. If you are a male trying to put on some muscle, it will lower that there. Testosterone as a male also is it's a really good feel-good hormone. It makes you very methodical, feel good about yourself. Um, in females, you do need a, a certain degree of testosterone and having that too low again can also cause a few issues. Cortisol then also eats away at muscle. It also slows down the repair of metabolically active muscle tissue as well. So with high cortisol levels, we will get a rapid breakdown of muscle tissue. Um, and again, the actual repair of muscle tissue will in, inhibit any form of protein synthesis um, with high cortisol levels. So any form of trying to build muscle, it will not happen. If you're trying to lose body fat with high cortisol levels, you're going to get a massive uh, degrading in muscle tissue, metabolically active muscle tissue, which again is not going to be good for, for fat loss. Excessive cortisol also leads to sleep disruption. Um, and this is also a known cause of weight gain as well. And you'll know um, whether with yourself, with your clients, um, when they have sleep disruptions, they tend to put on weight alongside that as well. Looking at your clients or yourself's sleep patterns, and if you're getting a really good, nice sleep un uninterrupted, the chances are you've got really good balanced hormones. Anyone with interrupted sleep patterns um, will again show signs of imbalance of hormones for sure. Cortisol then also blunts then the growth hormone uh, that helps build metabolically active tissue, aids tissue regeneration and also slows down the aging effect as well. So cortisol um, will blunt that growth hormone, slows down age effects, uh, uh, the effects of aging. Um, which means um, obviously you will have issues and you will tend to look older um, than you actually are with high cortisol levels because of growth hormone. Growth hormone is that kind of youth hormone. 
So where cortisol blunts that youth hormone, the effects of aging then will obviously um, exacerbate as such. Cortisol and neuropeptide Y both decrease cellular sensitivity to insulin, resulting in the elevated insulin levels, insulin resistance, and accumulation of abdominal fat. We spoke, obviously, about insulin resistance um, earlier in regards to that. Okay, so um, as you can see, cortisol, another one of our fat foe hormones, um, along with our insulin and along with our, our leptin. These three hormones uh, are a very, very small part of our whole endocrine system in regards to body composition. But I just wanted to touch on a few of, of those hormones and how just them three hormones can obviously have massive detrimental effects on fat loss. Insulin, leptin, they are our master hormones. We must get those sorted first of all and optimized before we sort anything else. Them two hormones functionally and working correctly we will be able to lose fat, be able to gain muscle, we will feel healthy, great self-esteem within ourselves. That concludes today's podcast on optimization of hormones for body composition to which we looked at leptin, insulin and cortisol. As you can see, these three hormones have a massive effect within body composition. To simply control these hormones, having a healthy diet, a healthy training plan, control stress levels will be sufficient to control these three hormones and help with fat loss and that body composition. If you'd like to leave any questions um, regarding or comments regarding today's podcast, please do um, and we'll look at answering these in a further episode. The next podcast is going to be with Martin Hammer looking at the importance of daily movement. Check out The Training Room on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter or visit thetrainingroom.com for more information on our health and fitness courses. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we hope you tune in again next time.